I'm going in. It's too big. Size matters not. Didn't go in. So it's big. And what's up, you Star Wars loving motherfuckers? Welcome back, and thank you for joining me on another episode of Hoth Topic. I'm your host, Chris, otherwise known as Darth Dad, on the Sarlacc Digest, the main podcast. I'm coming at you now with episode, uh, shit, I think it's 15. I really need to prep for these shows before I start recording. But we're going to go with episode 15 here. Uh, Today's show will consist mainly of questions that I put out there, uh, asking for questions and feedback from the listeners. Um, and to our friends on Instagram and in the RLU network. So we have a, a couple, actually quite a few questions coming through on what I think about certain things and certain theories and what ifs. Um, and I'd love to jump right into those. So it's probably going to be a fairly fast episode, I would think, uh, unless I go on a total rant, but we'll see. Uh, we got mostly uh, write-in stuff, and I do have one audio um, voice clip from Scott from the Sarlacc and the Nerds with Attitude podcast. But we're going to jump right in with my viewer or listener question. And my question is, how have we overlooked all of these years the Force users, Jedi and Sith, their biggest weakness? It's not the Islamari, like in the Thrawn trilogy. It's not... Um, any kind of uh, sorcery, anything like that that's their weakness, come to find out, um, as I'm listening to Thrawn Alliances again, that a Jedi's weakness is a fucking door, or really anything with a lock uh, when it comes down to it. Um, if you go through and think about it, even in 1977, you have the biggest, baddest dude in the galaxy, Darth Vader. Okay, On the Death Star, as everyone's escaping, as he's just killed Ben Kenobi, he uh, walks towards the Falcon, and what stops this motherfucker from going after everybody but a blast door? Why would the Dark Lord of the Sith, Darth Vader, be stopped by a blast door? So, if this door is closing, wouldn't you think, especially everything we know now, I know in 1977 we didn't know all of this stuff then, but he was choking people out then and doing things and extremely strong in the Force. We always knew that. But how... Would he not just stop the door from closing and go through ape shit, right? So that's one, but it could be overlooked once. Then in 99, we get the Phantom Menace. In the Phantom Menace, we got Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan trying to go into the Trade Federation ship. And lo and behold, what do we have? A fucking blast door. So Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan together don't think, hey... Let me open this motherfucker up with the force. Let me pick the lock. Let me do whatever and just or just push it open. I'm going to use my lightsaber and take three minutes and try and cut through it and melt this fucking thing until the droidicas come up and then they can't get through. Why are we not just opening doors with the fucking force? Um, think about even before that in when the Thrawn trilogy came out, before the prequels came out. If you remember, I don't remember which part of the which one of the three books it was, but Luke was trapped in a bunker, right, uh, or a storage shed of some sort, but he, he was locked in there. And again, instead of using the Force to push a button or manipulate the controls or just open the fucking door, he uses his mechanical hand to rewire. He opens himself up and rewires his door and shorts it out so it opens. Again, you've got Luke Skywalker now. Jedi Knight, 
you know, this is after Return of the Jedi. He knows how to use the fucking Force. We've seen him do things with the Force. We know how powerful he is. He can't open a fucking door. It's it's baffling. So now I'm listening to Thrawn Alliances, and this is probably the the worst one of the bunch. Okay, if you've read or listened to, and this is like my fourth time through this book, there's a point where he and Thrawn are trapped, and they're in these containers, basically, right? Old storage units, for you know, lack of a better explanation. The doors on them are explained to me the way I see them as big ass garage doors, perma permacrete garage doors that are super heavy. Okay, that that that's that's a problem, but not for a force user, you would think. You know, they, they did mention people of good size were able to open this, you know, people with strength could open these doors. The problem was the latches. They had two pins on the outside. Two pins holding these doors locked. So what do they do? Thrawn uh makes a makeshift uh, string out of his clothing, gives it to Anakin. Anakin slides through this little, you know, hole, this little gap in the door uh, that they would use to either feed somebody or get air in or whatever the fuck. And he makes a loop and he tries to pull these pins out of the front door. And it's not like he's unaware that he has the ability to use the Force. He even mentions that Thrawn didn't need to make the string so long because he could have manipulated a smaller string with the Force. So he knows he has it. He hasn't forgotten. You know, just in, in order for him, right before they went into these holding cells, he had used the Force to uh, attack tons of battle droids with a lightsaber through the air so they didn't even know it was him. They thought it was another Jedi. They didn't know he was a Jedi yet. So now he he gets the loop around the thing and realizes that it's too tight. And he's pulling it and doesn't want to break the string because it's, it's too tight. And they come up with the idea that they need to lubricate the fucking thing. Okay? Now, in the story just a while before, the battle droids were taking R2 away, and R2 intentionally started leaking the coolant or uh, lubricated lubrication oil um, behind him so he could leave a trail for them, like a, like breadcrumbs, so they could find him later. So Anakin turns to Thrawn, or knowing he can't see Thrawn, they're in different cells, says, do you have any more cloth I can use real fast? So Thrawn sends a a thing over to him, a, a little uh, swatch of fabric, uh, five centimeters long, I think they said. And Anakin catches it with the force, takes the fucking thing, dabs the lubricant, da dabs up the lubricant from the floor, brings it over to the pin, lubricates the pin, and then proceeds to pull it up with the string um, using muscle. They even said using all this, using his muscle in this to pull this pin up so they can get out. All the while now I'm thinking, why the fuck didn't you just use the force, pop these fucking pins, push the door open and get the fuck out? What kind of what are we missing here where Jedi and Sith cannot open doors or use logic or the writers can't use logic and figure out these guys can open a goddamn door. And it doesn't stop at just doors. Like I said in the very beginning, locking mechanisms in general, right? Binders. We have seen the Emperor unlatch Luke from binders. We've seen Snoke unlatch Rey from binders. All of this in a, in a mere thought and just pop them off, right? And Luke and Rey were both shocked when it, when it happened to him. This happens throughout the saga, too. You go back to episode two, you have Anakin and Obi-Wan. I'm not talking about Obi-Wan in like the when he was imprisoned by Dooku 
um, and he was suspended up in the air. That's different. The, the electro binders or whatever when they're when they sh- they're they have the electric fields or shields around them. I get that. When they went into the arena, and they were tied to those big posts, why the fuck are we not just unlatching these off of themselves and Padme? They're gonna make a fight anyway. Um, they're trying to escape anyway. Why not just use the force and unlatch the fucking binders? Break the chains. Do whatever. They proceed to jump up and get the hooks off. You know, fight with these binders on and these chains on until people bring them lightsabers and open them the fuck up. Why are we not getting out of binders? Why can't we get through doors? What is wrong with the force that we can't do that? Do they not teach locksmithing or pick locking in Jedi Academy, in Sith Academy? Is nowhere you can learn how to throw lightning, to become a force ghost, to levitate things, to um, control people's minds, to levitate uh, X wings out of a swamp. We can do all of these things. We can, you know, send ourselves across the galaxy in a force projection. All sorts of stuff, but we cannot pick a lock, pull a pin, open a binder, you know, whatever the fuck it is, we can't get out of this stuff. I get ray shields, I get all of that, not a problem, but these regular mechanical locks and doors drive me fucking nuts. I don't get it. I would love to see in episode 9 them get stuck behind a door and somebody just blast the fucking door with the force, just open the fucking thing up. So I guess the the moral of the story is, if you want to catch a Jedi or a Sith, just lock them in a cage. And they're not going to get out, and that's where they'll stay pretty much forever. Okay? So, big hole there that nobody ever talks about, which I think is kind of funny, but it's one of those things that I've, I've thought about it for a long time, and I just haven't brought it up on the shows, I don't think. We've got plenty of shows between Hoth and Sarlacc, so I'm pretty sure I haven't brought that up yet. But it drives me fucking crazy. So enough of my rant there, and my, my basically listener question for myself. Uh, let's jump into the other listeners and friends and fans and... and uh, host of other shows, and we'll start with El Sinestro Rich. Uh, El Sinestro uh, runs the RLU Network, um, obviously a friend of the show, friend of ours, friend of mine, and he has a couple questions, actually, he mentioned on Sarlacc and on Hoth um, on our Instagram pages. The first one being, who would I take, who would I bet my money on in a fight in their prime between Anakin and Kylo Ren? Uh, I guess that... I have to answer first, what is Kylo's prime? I'm assuming right now Kylo's in his prime. Um, the dark side Kylo, not so much Ben, right? Um, he made mention of that actually, Kylo, not Ben. So Kylo is just getting into his prime. Anakin is obviously the chosen one, or at the time we thought the chosen one, or think the chosen one, or was one of the chosen ones, uh, and becomes Darth Vader, you know, the most powerful... Sith Lord. So, who would I, honestly, Anakin, without even really thinking too much about it, I'd, I'd take Anakin over him. Um, but let's see what happens in 9, see if that changes my mind. I think Anakin's uh, training, growing up, you know, since he was 9 years old, the things he goes through, he has the rage and the emotion. You know, there, there are a lot of ways the same character. I think Anakin has more control over his emotions, obviously, than Kylo. But they have a lot of the same type of stuff. You know, obviously Kylo's in the bloodline. He is his grandchild. Uh, but I think with Anakin's training, his a bit more control of his emotions, a bit, I do think he would probably pull it off. It would take Kylo Ren doing something, messing with his mind, um, something like that, things that we never saw Vader do that we've seen Kylo do. Um, maybe Kylo freezing him, you know, like he does with Rey. Um when they're on Takadana, 
that kind of thing. Maybe fucking with Anakin that way, but I think there's a straight lightsaber duel. I would I would take uh, Anakin in a heartbeat. You know, when you think about it, you haven't really seen Kylo do too much. Um, he fought Rey, and, you know, win or lose, I don't think he wanted to kill Rey. He was trying to get Rey, right, uh, to join him. So I don't think he was going for the kill, kind of like Vader on Cloud City with, with Luke. So I don't want to take that too far into it. Um, and then they fought the Praetorian Guards, which was great, a great scene. And then we've seen him go after Luke a little bit, um, the force projection of Luke. But we haven't seen him do the the moves and the, the craziness. Like, he's just all straight power, all straight rage. Anakin has more finesse. We've seen him do flips and things like that and, you know, uh, lightsaber throws. Uh, we've seen all that from Anakin. I think he has more in his arsenal, more in his tool belt. I, I'd take Anakin. Um, that'd be where my money's at. And his second question and this is a fun one to kind of play with. What would have happened if Padme lived? If she didn't die of, you know, heartbreak of a broken heart, if if she survived and and went on into the the next trilogy and was was alive the whole time, what would have happened differently? And I think probably the biggest uh impact that would have had would have been on the kids more so than than Vader at this point. He'd already been knighted or or deemed Darth Vader. So I think he was already into the dark side pretty well. I think he was trapped. Uh, it would have been hard for him to break out, but he could have, you know, Revan, et cetera. You know, you've, you've, we've seen it, at least in EU, um, somebody coming back, and Vader himself later coming back. But at that point, I think he had decided, you know, before she died, that he was going to rule this new empire. You know, he could overthrow the emperor, all these things. And she wasn't playing along. So... And I think he was kind of sure, Obi-Wan and her, I don't know if they were having a thing or whatever he was sure of, but, you know, he was sure she was turned against him. He didn't want her to die, obviously, that, that threw him over the edge. But I, I think he still would have been on the dark side, um, perhaps turned earlier, maybe she could have brought him back earlier, that kind of thing. I could have seen that. But as far as the the kids, that's where the difference would have been. They wouldn't have had to have been split up, I don't think. Unless Yoda would have decided to talk her into splitting them up. But I can't see Padme giving up her kid. She's a fighter. She would want to fight no, as, as, as bad as the uh, character was played out in the prequels and even in the, the Clone Wars. I, I still do think Padme would have fought and not given her children up. Um, as much as Yoda and Obi-Wan might have tried to talk her into it and even bail. Uh, but I think that would have been the difference. You know, Leia still would have been a princess, right? I mean, she still was a queen at one point. Um, whether they considered her a princess or not, but she she would have been obviously raised by her mother. Uh, Luke, I don't know if they would have been training the Force. I think she would have, might have kept that away, um, just like yeah, at least for years until it was needed, much like happened. I think that, that probably still would have happened. Obviously, Luke wouldn't have been on Tatooine, and, and Leia wouldn't have been on Alderaan. They would have known each other. Maybe they would have been raised as Jedi. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe Yoda would have... You know, set it up to where Padme would meet with them and and trained together. Orbi one would have taken Padme and protected them and trained the kids. Uh, I could have seen that. Oh, that's probably it right there. That's if Padme would have lived, Obi Wan would have protected them, would have trained the kids from an early age, and they probably would have hooked up, and that would have kept Vader on the dark side. There you go. That's exactly what would have fucking happened. Uh, you know, that would have been Anakin's worst fear. 
besides her dying is her going to somebody else and then going to Obi-Wan. That would have uh, fueled his rage probably even more. Um, I think he was angry at Padme's death, but he felt bad too. So there was rage at himself. I think he'd have been raging at everybody had Obi-Wan and Padme hooked up if she had not died. That's what I'm going with on that. Um, but obviously the whole story would have changed for the, the twins in that respect. You know, they probably never would have had, they never would have met Han and Chewie. They probably would have been part of the, uh, the Rebel Alliance because she already knew Bale and they would have been part of that whole thing from, uh, from early on. The Emperor also would have known that at the very least Luke survived. So he'd have been trying to get him. We'd have had that whole thing where he's trying to get the kid, trying to kidnap the kid. And that's why Obi-Wan is protecting them and moving them maybe around the galaxy and doing different things and other ways to hide them. But that's probably it. It would have been a hunt for the, for Luke, not the twins. They didn't know about Leia. Um, but they would have been hunting for Luke for years and years, uh, knowing that he was out there and he could take Vader's place. That would be the Emperor's you know, entire goal in life. So there you go. That's what would have happened if Padme lived. Great questions. Almost had me stumped there for a minute because I wasn't sure where I was going to go with that, Rich, but got it. Nailed it, I think. All right. Now I got a couple questions from Mike. You know Mike, fanboy Mike from the Starlight Digest. Well, you might not know him since I haven't seen him in weeks, months. Uh, but, you know, work is work. Shit happens, right? We all know that. His first question was, if Pixar were to make a Star Wars story, right? And I've thought about that before. It would be cool to see. What arc or type of story would I want to see? Well, if it's Pixar, you know, it's going to be more kid-driven, right? Um so you could you could do the or I could see him doing the original trilogy again in Pixar style for the kids, kind of like they're doing now with the Galaxy of Adventures. I could see, although I love the Galaxy of Adventures, I, I think that is. If you guys haven't seen those yet, check those out. By the way, um, but I could see them doing that and that kind of style to get kids into it. Um, really, you, you get stuck into those. I would say you know alien planets, going to different places, maybe not using the original characters, going to more. Uh, alien type places using new characters uh, for Pixar. I, I could see that. Um, Ewok stories. Fuck, I, I could see a, a Gungan story and Jar Jar the lead, that kind of thing through Pixar. But you'd want to keep it pretty anime with those kind of characters. I wouldn't want to do a whole bunch of live action ones. Uh, live action, like people, like, like Incredibles or anything like that. I would like to keep it more um, like Monsters, Inc. or... Um, Toy Story where most of the things are uh, a different type of character not human so that's what I would want to see I don't know if there's any specific arc necessarily that I'd want to see but you know kid stories I'd, I'd dig on them you know I, I'm, I'm a big kid I, I like kid stories except for Resistance that's garbage still but with that said that's what I'd like to see there and then what other live action uh, shows what I like to see is the other question. So going from Pixar to live action, uh, I know I've talked about Old Republic stuff. I would love to see some live action Old Republic shit. That's that's what I would really really want to see. Um, or you know, and we're getting the Mandalorian now, so I don't know where that's going to go bounty hunter wise. But I would love to see a show about the bounty hunters. I know that was talked about prior, um, having that kind of story. I don't know if the Mandalorian's going to kind of go that route or not. We don't know enough about it yet. But that's the other story I like to see. Um, something in the in the vein of the Tales of the Bounty Hunters, you know, in the ODU. I would love to see episodes like that, maybe three or four episode arcs uh, of each one, maybe culminating in a 
in one big story with all of them meeting up. Um, maybe like you know, like the Netflix and the Marvel guys and the Defenders, that kind of thing. You know, having them all meet up at some point throughout their stories, I think I dig that. Or even like they did with the uh, the uh, from a certain point of view. You know, the forty different short stories. I would, I'd be okay with that. Not necessarily that whole book, because you know, I know there's chapters in there that are garbage. But give me an episode or two of just different stories throughout the saga, side stories. I think that would be awesome, right? Just give me two episodes in the cantina, two episodes in the Death Star, two episodes, you know, on on Cloud City, of side characters while the other actions going on behind them. I think that would be awesome to see. Just go throughout the whole saga, and seeing side stories. I would dig a live action series just like that. And actually, he had a, a third question, kind of tying off that one, um, asking if I think or why has Disney been too timid to give the older fans bigger nods in all of this? And I'm not sure that that's necessarily true, um, to be honest, besides Resistance, which does have nods, and you have to be a, a pretty big fanboy to see the nods they do give. But I think they give pretty good nods to the, to the older fans. I think... You know, The Force Awakens was obviously a, a nod to all of us. I think Rogue One and Solo were, were nods to us. Um, episode 8, maybe not so much. Maybe that's the one that throws everybody off in, in this discussion about for the older fans and the older stories. But I think even in there, if, if you think about the story, it's great for older fans, um, as long as you're open-minded and willing to see things differently than we've seen for the last 30 years since the EU. Um, but I, I think they do a pretty good job of, of giving nods to us. You know, again, take away resistance. But a lot of this stuff right now, I think maybe what you're going at is why is there so much kid focus? And that's because the next generation needs to watch Star Wars too so they can keep making money. You know, we're all going to die off one day. You know, I, I'm 41 years old and I was born the year it came out. There are fans well older than me that were in the lines in 77. So I think there's a point where it dies off for a lot of the older folks. And they need to get the younger generation in. We need a new generation of Star Wars fans, their own stories, their own things. That's the galaxy of heroes or adventures. That's getting younger fans into the older stories that we already love, making sure that they're into it too the way we were. Because, again, the original trilogy is a little hard to watch for the younger generation, and I totally 100% get it. But... I don't think there's so much not giving us nods. I think they're just giving some focus to the younger generation, and there's plenty in that stuff that we love. Again, the Galaxy of Adventures, it's for kids. It's to get them interested, but Jesus, I love it, right? Uh, everyone up that comes up is awesome. Uh, great animation, nice and quick. Um, they're cool for us to see. It's neat to see a, a different angle on things that we've we've known all of our lives. But for the kids, you know, it just it's cool for them to get a piece of the adventure, so it's kind of both. So I don't think they're not giving us nods at all. I, I just think that it's you got to see what they're doing and they're trying to play both sides of the fence, which is absolutely what they should do. So right on. Thank you for those questions, Mike. And uh, hopefully next week you'll be back on Sarlacc so we can actually talk some Star Wars. Damn it. All right. Moving right along, we've got Bootlegger760, Joey, asking, uh, how would I feel about George Lucas uh, having a bigger role in the Star Wars universe uh, maybe directing a film, will it happen, and would it work? I kind of touched on that one the last couple episodes when the rumor was up that he was doing that Obi-Wan film, and, you know, I played it as Bantha Poodoo and it's bullshit. Um, but would 
I like it. Sure, hell yeah. Give it's George Lucas's baby. It's what we grew up with. He he knows these characters back and forth. That's why he shows up on set and why he has a little bit of input here and there with directors and maybe a direction a character is going or how the force works or anything like that. Um, he's obviously the one to go to. You know, he's the creator. Um, but with that said, I don't think would it work. Yes. Do I think it would happen? No. I don't think George Lucas at his age would go back into this, put himself into that chair, go through all the the heartache of making a movie, the work, uh, the effort, and then the way the fans act right now, it, I don't see him doing it. He left and stopped doing it because the way the fans acted towards the prequels after a while. I don't see him going back the way they're acting now with the sequels and trying to do anything. And, and everybody's so fucking fickle, and we, we know this, right? that, you know, one minute... Like, nobody fucks with the Holy Trilogy, right? The original trilogy is is set. Nobody bitches about that. But the prequels, nothing but bitch, 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 bitch when, when George Lucas had it, okay? Then, you go a couple years out, all of a sudden the prequels are, you know, getting more and more celebrated. They're, they're more popular now. The younger generation loves them. A lot of us have learned to appreciate them, except Scott. Um... But now all of a sudden everybody's kind of turning to liking that because then they started bashing on The Force Awakens because it was too familiar to the original trilogy, too much of a rehash. Then you got to go into, then you get Episode Eight, which was different. Then they start bashing that because it's too different. But they were hating J.J. till you know, Ryan Johnson does something. Now they're wishing for J.J. back. They get J.J. back, then they're, yay, J.J.'s here. Then they're like, oh, we need George Lucas back. It's it's just fans are too all over the fucking place, or at least the internet uh, so-called fans, right? It's just too much to deal with, especially at his age. I just don't see it happening. Would I like it? Would it work? Yes, it would work. Yes, I would like it. But I just don't see it happening. But uh, thank you for throwing that out there. Uh, love to hear from you anytime. Just uh, keep shooting questions over and I'll, I'll answer them. And then one of our friends, Dork Dad Podcast, sent me two questions. I love this. Not just one, but two questions, guys. I'm loving it because it keeps me busy and, and it shows you guys are, are involved and want to hear shit. So he brings up the rumor of Kylo having a new mask or helmet. Um, that's the rumor going into Episode Nine right now. But why would he? The question is, why would he have it if we know he doesn't need it, or is it just like a, a symbolic thing? Well, I think part of it is number one, we've seen him without his mask. Yeah, we know he doesn't need it. But yeah, I, I think part of it is it's just symbolic. I think he wants to have it to strike fear into people to be the leader of the stormtroopers who are all faceless people. He wants to be faceless to the galaxy. We've seen him without his mask. His, you know, uh, immediate people in the First Order have seen him without his mask. Not everybody has seen him without his mask, mind you. And the galaxy as a whole has not seen him without his mask. It's not like he's on the, the holonet all the time. The This really just happened all in about a day's span, right? He's only been without his mask for a day. So not everybody has seen him without it. We have as fans, but the galaxy has not. So him going out there and still striking fear as a Sith Lord in a mask, you know, like Vader, paying homage to Vader. Um, people may or may not know that he's the grandson of Vader, you know, the heir to to the Sith, that kind of thing. You know, if they know that and he wears a mask, it just strikes fear into the galaxy. You know, he's gonna, he's the supreme leader now. He doesn't need to go showing his face and... and any kind of reactions, and we know how his emotions are. Maybe he doesn't want to show that kind of stuff, and he wants to hide that. Maybe that's the purpose of the mask, is to hide his facial expressions and pain he's in or things like that, and and just to deepen his voice, to make him more menacing. 
I could see it being a, a symbolic like that. And if he does have a new mask, which is the rumor, which I hope does happen, and I do want the toys, and that's another big part of it. If you're going to look at the business side of it, they want to sell toys, so they're going to change things up, and we'll buy it and we'll love it. I do hope it's more Vader-esque, right? If he finds uh, a hidden cache of Vader's armor, we know he has several suits of armor, and if he gets, I've talked about it many times, if Kylo gets to Mustafar at Vader's castle and finds an old Vader helmet and starts using it or modifies it or uses the bottom half instead of the whole dome or anything like that, I, I think that would be sick. It would be awesome. Uh, a little more Vader-esque. I'd be 100% cool with that. I think it's cool, but I do think the mask, if you look at it and you think about, again, just re reiterating the point, only a few people have seen him without it. The rest of the galaxy has, and if he's going to go on the holonet and start doing, they're going to have propaganda and stuff. I do think the mask is more menacing, uh, more impactful to the galaxy, more impactful on propaganda than it would be just, you know, Adam Driver's face up on a first order poster type of thing. So yeah, a hundred percent. I I hope that happens. Other question would be if I could pull a character into Marvel. Who would it be and vice versa? A uh, little tough one here. Who would I want from Star Wars to go into Marvel? I'm looking at all my pops right now trying to kind of figure it out. And I would think Palpatine. Palpatine for sure. I think Palpatine and being that that uh, the villain type he is, you know, I think that would work out really well and... and him manipulating the the Marvel universe or doing things, I think that would be awesome with the Force powers, with his Force lightning, all of that in the Marvel universe would be awesome. You know, that would be a uh, uh, up there with Thanos or Doctor Doom or things like you know, a uh, really um, iconic villain in the Marvel universe. I could see that uh, working out. You know, they they could do some kind of uh, mashup. You know, no no problem at all. Just to see that, just for, just a fun side comic. I'd be cool with that, but people like that, I would think it would be more villains than heroes um, in the Marvel Universe because I don't see many, besides, I mean, Jedi are like superheroes, right? But it could you could pick any Jedi and, and put him in there. I just don't know if it would feel right. But I could see a villain uh, with powers like, like him uh, going in there and, and wreaking some havoc. I could see that 100%. So that would be cool. Palpatine and Marvel. Now, how about Marvel into Star Wars? You, at that point, I'd go with, you know, Star Lord, probably from Guardians. Um, Star Lord would would make it's it's easy because he's almost a Han Solo type character, right? He could be a smuggler. He could take over like Dash Rendar's spot, uh, that kind of thing. I could I could see see that. I think Star Lord would be the uh, the way to go crossing over. Or really any of those characters, you know, you could bring Nebula in, you could bring Drax in, um, Groot and Chewie would be fucking awesome together, right? You know, or even fucking Rocket with Chewie. Any of those would, would work, but I, I think the easiest one would be Star-Lord. Ooh, that was a tough one too, shit. Alright, now where are we at? We are at the, oh, I got a voice clip from Scott. So let's see, let me go ahead and... uh Get this going. Let's see if it's really a voice clip or are you just fucking with me here and we're going to end up like a last show and not get a whole thing out. But let's see here. We're going to listen to Scott right now. Hey, Chris. It's your old pal Scott, a.k.a. Scott Solo. 
just had a question for you. <clears throat> you were talking in the last episode about how you were going to go pick up a new Boba Fett pop. And that made me want to ask the question, out of all the things that you collect, or that you could collect, what is it about pops that really talks to you? As you know, I collect fucking everything except pops because they take up a lot of space. But, um, and there's just so many of them. But what is it about pops for you that just drives you to collect all those little things? I think they're absolutely awesome. I just don't have room for them. But anyway, uh, let me know, man. Talk to you later. Right on. Well, I do love to talk about pops and I do love to collect my pops. Um, and yes, you do. If you guys have not seen Scott's toy room, it's fucking unreal. I know they've posted it on the Nerds with Attitude uh, Facebook page before. I know he's posted on his Facebook page, and I thought we posted it on our Facebook page a while back too. But it's incredible. You have GI Joe, Transformers, Star Wars, Mask, all this this madness he has, and I can't imagine the years of collecting and and the 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 time and the dedication in collecting all of that. You know, much like uh, Ernie the Fallen Fett's collection, it's. You guys are insane. I I used to do that, right? Um, I don't know how I ever got laid because my room was wall-to-wall action figures, mint in box, hanging on the walls, um, old-school Star Wars stuff. I collected everything. I was at the Taco Bell's Pizza Hut and KFC's getting the toppers for Episode 1. You know, I collected every little thing. Then I realized it started getting difficult, expensive, and time-consuming, and you could just never get them all. So I stopped all that, and kind of when I started my family, I had to sell a lot of it when I bought my new house. I wanted to furnish the house. So I sold them all off on eBay um, to kind of get my, my home set, my, my the first home I had ever bought to get it set. And I swore, I said, I would never collect the, like that again. I would never get crazy into one thing or a bunch of things and not collect a bunch of stuff. So here and there, I would pick up something. Somebody would give me a bobblehead, or somebody would give me a... A picture. I'd have my couple posters up that I always kept framed and up, like my episode one teaser. Um, I had a my Darth Vader lightsaber, all that kind of stuff. I kind of kept that, and I collected the books. Um, but these fucking pops come out, and I'm like, oh, that's pretty cool. I mean, I'll obviously get a Darth Vader one. You know, that's where I started. Then you know, a couple, and I'm like, oh, I'll get a stormtrooper to go with it. And before I know it, I'm like, okay, let me just get the the Imperials. You know, let me let me get. A couple of Imperial folks, let me get the Emperor, let me get this and that, and I'll just stop there, because I like the bad guys, let me just get the bad guys. Then all of a sudden, you know, I, I can't stop there, and I forget which one I got first, probably a Luke, and I have a lightsaber, and I'm like, oh, you know what, let me get everybody that has a lightsaber. Let's do that. Let me get all the Jedi and all the Sith along with the Imperials. Then all of a sudden I get R2 and 3PO, and I'm like, ah, shit, you know what? There's a bunch of droids. Let me get droids, too. Before you fucking know it, man, it just blew up. And it just one of those things where, is there a lot of them? Yeah. Are they a pain in the ass of dust? For sure, because I take them out of the box. You guys have seen pictures. You know, I, I like them out of the box. I like them free. You know, ever since Toy Story, I hate keeping shit in a box. I feel like they're suffocating in there, and it's just not right for a toy. I want them to hang out and when I go to sleep and play in my office. Um... I don't know, man. They're just they're cool to collect. They're they're inexpensive when it comes down to it. You know, I'm talking anywhere from online. I can get some for three to five bucks sometimes, or I can you know have to pay forty or fifty bucks for a rare one like a Bosque or a Lando. But generally, they're inexpensive. They're easy to find. 
They're cool to look at. I, I I just I love the look of them. I just I think it's neat that they can take this face that's really the same face, change the hair up a little bit, move the eyes or eyebrows a little bit, and you know exactly who it is when you when you look at them. It, it's like no question. When I look at a character, I'm like I don't have any question who that fucking thing is the first time I see it, and I think that's neat that they don't. You know, they're obviously the the facials aren't like a black series or, or a SH figure arts or anything like that where you can tell it's them. It's not a, a photorealistic picture. Obviously, they're fucking pops, but they're just fucking rad. Um, and are there a lot of them? Yeah, but when I'm collecting, I have 150 or 70 or whatever the hell of them, and I still I'm still missing more. But when it comes down to it, those 150, 170, 200 of them. Is still less than I was spending on all the other stuff. I still have them confined into pretty much out of the box. Was that four or five or six shelves um, on my bookshelves? You know, three or four rows deep and twelve or fifteen across. Um, but I, I think just the the cool look of them, the ease of collecting to me, um, where you can get most of them pretty easily, and then you got to search for a, a few rare ones. I just I just love that. I just I just think that's the they're the coolest little things to collect. They're an easy collection, and and I just dig them, dude. I just I just don't have the place. See, like you say, there's no room. I got room for these guys. I don't have room for a whole bunch of boxed figures with the, like the three and three quarter, like I used to collect. Uh, I wouldn't have room for those boxes anymore. The, for the, them on their cards, you know, as as much as I was into. Oh, let me get my orange card, green card, you know, all these card carded figures, you know, I, I just, it, that's too much space, too much time, too much money uh, for me. You know, and I do have other little things I get, you know, I have my black series and I pretty much have my Imperial black series guys, just the, just the, the few. I like my, my officers. I have my Tarkin, my Thrawn, my Piet, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, Kylo, Vader, Imperial guard, that kind of stuff. Uh, but I won't go overboard on those because again, they're twenty bucks a pop or twenty. Ah, uh, see, but twenty twenty bucks a piece, and I'd want to get all those. And I don't want to do that and put myself in a hole there either. As cool as they are, I I don't have the room to put those guys up, and they don't pose easily as far as keeping them on standing up. I could buy stands for them to make them stand up, but they're not easy just to keep on display. Where the pops come on their own stand, they're easy to display. Uh, I can put them on my desk, on the shelves, wherever the fuck I want. Um. You know, my collection is nowhere near any of your guys's, but uh, the, these pops, I, I do love that collection. So, you know, thanks for asking about it. And yeah, I'm going to get that fucking uh, Boba. Boba gets his prize with that Han. So I got to get two of them because I got to cut one of those Hans out of carbonite or Han and carbonite out of that set and put it behind Jabba. Now I got to find that Django Fett Wal Walgreens exclusive and the new uh, Anakin Darkside. Uh, with the Sith eyes at Walgreens. I got the Walgreens people on lookout for those. So, yeah, I, I do love those. I love when they come out with exclusives and you got to find them and hunt. And, you know, I don't have time to hunt for everything, but I do have time to hunt for a pop or two. So, thanks for that question. And I will see you next week on Sarlacc there, buddy. All right. Now, <clears throat> I would have ended it there, but something did come up this week on actually Scott's Facebook page. I believe he was watching Elf and talking about it's one of his few Will Ferrell movies uh, that he liked. I know this is not Star Wars related, but one of our Star Wars friends, you guys know Caleb, uh, he was on the show after, um, after, what, fuck, what movie was it? Episode 8? Episode 8. Um, and he sent in questions before and, and talked before. But he went on there after I had said, how can you not like Step Brothers? 
and Scott had never seen Step Brothers. I said, you know, you got to watch Step Brothers. It's a fucking masterpiece. Caleb comes on there and tells me it sucks. The Step Brothers is so overrated. And right now while I'm recording, I happen to see a pop-up come up on my Instagram. On the, I don't know if it was Hoth or Sarlacc's Instagram. And it's when I'm asking for everybody's uh, call-ins for, for their questions and comments. And he comes back with, Step Brothers sucks, changed my mind. Oh, what the fuck, dude? How can you not like Step Brothers? From the second it starts, and he's wearing a Yoda shirt in the in the beginning when they meet. Throughout the whole thing, it's everything. The way they act, the 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 the, the jokes. They, I mean, I can't even get into it. From start to finish, Step Brothers is awesome. I don't know about overrated or anything. Obviously, it's not Star Wars awesome, but if I want a good laugh, every single time I watch that movie, I laugh. The first time I watched it, I was watching it on my laptop in a plane on my way to Missouri, I think, for work. And uh, I hadn't seen it yet, so I didn't know where it was going to go. And I have my laptop out. I'm in the aisle seat because I'm six foot three, so I like the aisle seat, right? So I'm sitting there chilling. My legs in the aisle, laptops out wide open, got my earphones in. The the fucking stewardess is walking by, and fucking Will Ferrell is teabagging the drum set. And I'm like, oh shit! I had to put it down. I got this guy's nuts out on a drum set on my you know laptop, wide open in the fucking plane. But I mean, ever since that point, I was I was dying. Everything in that movie is hilarious. I don't know, Caleb, you're you're killing me, dude. So we'll end end Sarlacc on a Step Brothers note. Because it's not just Star Wars I watch, guys. I do watch other things. I do love other things. Just Star Wars is my my love. But uh, with that said, uh, anytime you guys want any questions uh, answered, if you have theories, if you want to tell me to fuck off or I was wrong on something, let me know. If you dig something, let me know. Um, you know our Instagram pages, the Sarlacc Digest and Hot Topic Podcast. Um, send us, you know, DMs. Just comment on the posts or shoot me a message on my. Uh, Facebook page, do a voice clip, put it in there at Chris, K-R-I-S, Franz, F-R-A-N-Z, and I'll put you on the show, and we'll get this thing going and, and, and put you on here for all four people to listen to. All right, guys, so uh, that's it for today. We wrap that up fairly quick. I'll catch you guys all next week on the Sarlacc Digest. We'll see if the whole crew's there, Mike, and then, uh, Caleb, we got an open invitation for you, so if you want to send us a message and let us know if you're available, I think we're doing the the second half of Rebels this week, but if you want to hold on to the new year when we hit uh, Rogue One and the original trilogy, that might even work better for you and hit it up in the new year and you can join us on the show. Um, With that said, until next time. I'll see you in hell. What I was thinking is that we need to cut a promo. Yeah, I've been working on some ideas. It's just I don't really know where to go with it exactly. What if I got like a filter where we could just kind of talk normally and we can have kind of a script, but then I can I can like filter it so that one of us will have one kind of voice and then one will have the other. 
I want to put my request, make me as Freddy Krueger. Can you do that? Maybe instead of the voices, what if we tried to like write a skit, develop a whole thing, and we have a backstory, and, but well, I don't know, that might be kind of too long, so. Well, like screeching cars and explosions and fireworks and. Yeah, and, yeah. Well, what about. I like it. Maybe instead of, you know, doing a filter, we could just like reach out to Robert England himself and maybe. Ooh. He can, you know, just record a promo for us sometime. Do you think? I, I mean, we I, might have to like raise some money. We can do a Kickstarter, and we could just throw it out to like Robert England and you know, sure, just sure. just all kinds of actors, and and I think people will do that. I think. Sure. Why not? Well, you know, what? I don't know. Maybe we're overthinking this whole thing. How about if we just tell people where to find us? I like that. You can find us at who will survive on iTunes, Stitcher, on the Legion Podcast Network, and on the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Also on Facebook and Instagram under the same name. Oh, wait. Can we do it underwater uh, with that, piranhas killing me? That would kind of be brutal. And if that doesn't work, then you can do the regular promo. All right. Well, just get in the water, and I'll go get some fish. All right, cool. Join the Nerds with Attitude podcast each week, now part of the Raw Live Unedited Network, featuring the Nerds with Attitude podcast. Covering pop culture, nerd news, TV shows, movies, comics, no, and toys. Also, listen to Nerd Tunes with Scott and Kevin, movie reviews with President Rob, Kevin interviews, and more. And remember, keep it nerdy. Kevin Intermuse. Nope, that's the show about cats. I talk to cats. In a world with far too many Star Wars podcasts comes one more Star Wars podcast. The Sarlacc Digest, a bi-weekly show covering Star Wars news, toys, book reviews, fan theories, and new canon discussion. All wings report in. Join the Sarlacc Digest hosts as they bring you knowledge and lore. Man, whenever the Yuzon Vong dropped the moon on Chewbacca's head, it, it, I shat it. Holy shit, dude. What? Not f***ing canon. Jason and Jaina Solo. Why is this so hard for everybody to understand? The passion. So when Luke took off Vader's helmet, you could just see the sadness going in, the lighting and the, and the tears forming, and it's just, the, the soundtrack just starts raising. And uh, then, you know it's a movie, right? What? The fandom. Okay, so I have my Darth Vader camping chair for the line, my brand new exclusive Luke and Leia vans, my Star Wars pop vinyl wristband that I just got. Oh, did I tell you that I was going to get my next... Uh, and the collecting world. I got the orange card of figures. I got the green card. I got the red card. Okay, do you have circles on hand? No circles, half circle? Half circles? Half circle. You got Palpatine Blue Saber? I do, and the barge. What the f***? No, not the barge. The Sarlacc Digest, bringing you line talk and digesting Star Wars topics over a thousand years. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're proud members of the RLU, Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network. Find us, rawlivepod.com. Uh, Pigs and Flicks is uh, part of the Raw Live and Unedited Podcasting Network, which means you can listen to the podcast on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher, or the listening platform of your choice. Or you can go directly to rawlivepod.com. Yay!